my name is Shiva. And my name is Jazz. And, and we, we are Two, two Girls, Girls, One Crime. Where we give you the facts, the theories, and the tea. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back. This is part two of the Ken and Barbie Killers. Today is about the school girl murders. Shiva? Hi, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good today. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just gonna, I guess we're gonna start where we finished off last, which was with um, Tammy Homolaka's murder, Carla's younger sister. Um, you wanna give a brief summary for those who haven't listened to the first episode that you guys should go listen to? Sure, okay, so this is gonna be very brief, but. Um, Ken and Barbie are a couple, a wife and a husband, um, Paul Bernardo and Carmi Homolaka. Um, Paul Bernardo was also known as the Scarborough Rapist. Um, this was, uh, 87 to 90, 90. He was raping women. So three years, Mm -hmm. um, he raped women on and around, um, the college or Sir Wilfrid Laurier College in Scarborough. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to the University of Toronto in Scarborough. Um, Paul and Carla met October 87. Carla was 17 and Paul was 23. Um, the The whole time that they were dating, he was raping women. And it seems as if he escalated once he met her. Um, whether that be whether that be because um he had like an accomplice or just because um that's just how things went. During this time, he was questioned and brought in um as a suspect three different times by the Toronto police, and all three times um the Toronto police failed to um what's the word I'm looking for arrest him mm-hmm. hold him accountable hold him right um. There were a couple tips that you know came in and all that, and so all so while all this is going on, while he's while he's a Scarborough rapist, while he's dating um, Carla, he falls in love with Carla's younger sister, um, who is Tammy, their first victim, uh, their first victim unintentionally, mm-hmm. and um, whoop, sorry you guys, and this happened because. Uh, Paul was getting bored with Tammy. That's fair to say. He was getting bored with the fact that she wasn't a virgin. He was very upset with the fact that he had she had had sex with one other person before him. The His obsession with Tammy started with him peering into her window. He was masturbating over top of her while she was asleep. Carla's uh, accomplishhood, you could say, started by her breaking her sister's window to give uh, Paul a- access. Also, during the summer of 1989, this was a couple months before he took Tammy's life, he started to drug her and her friends in order to molest them while they were sleeping. This was with volume that Tammy was getting from her veterinarian job that she got outside of college. Not outside of college, I'm sorry, outside of high school. One of the questions that we posed in the previous podcast was, do we think that she got this job because of him or with him in mind and that was something that we kind of agreed on that definitely he was in mind when she got this job so after a couple of months of him molesting her and her friends while they were you know knocked out on volume and after grooming Tammy he uh finally decided that he wanted to take her virginity and this was going to be his Christmas present from Carla 
So I guess then that that's just what where we'll um pick up from. Yeah. Yeah. So with that her um mind you while this is happening, they were at her parents' home. So the parents of Tammy and Carla were upstairs in their bed while their youngest daughter was getting drugged and drunk by her older sister so that she could be a present her virginity could be a present to her husband they drugged her um and she ended up dying by choking to death because she between the drugs and the what was the halifame yeah the halifame rag that was on her face she basically choked to death and the coroner's office was i mean um, ruled her death as a, an accident from natural causes. Yeah, and also too, I want to also add that this was the only we we put this in the first episode, but this was the only victim that they called the police on, mm-hmm. and that they actually tried to revive. They didn't do this for the other victims, and this was also the only victim that they didn't torture or sodomize on camera. They only raped her. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the important things that I saw when I was looking at the evidence was that. Carla was wearing Tammy's clothing mm-hmm. while she was take while her and Paul were taking turns raping Tammy. Mm-hmm. And she I, switched the clothing. And I sister. asked and I asked Jasmine why did she think that was? Um, I think Carla probably switched out the clothing of her sister that's being raped as she's passed out. Um, because I don't think her and Paul were having sex. Like, there's no way that. Your husband rapes somebody every two days and y'all still are having sex. Because if a person's a serial rapist, that's their only way they can get sexual pleasure is if they're raping you. And I don't see Carla as... I don't think he was raping her because right. she never mentioned that. Right. Um. So, yeah, like like we said earlier, he got bored with her. So, I think that's why his most of his victims were like a certain age because at a certain age air quotes you know they were virgins and innocent and that's what he wanted so i think she changed clothes her sister i don't know because it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because one it's hard for me to be like okay i'm gonna drug my sister and let my husband rape her and i'm gonna and it's gonna be on camera and i'm gonna touch on her too right which is that by itself is crazy for me to wrap my head around then okay she's passed out let me change her clothes so that I'm wearing her clothes and she's wearing mine. Which makes me think that she wanted to put herself in Tammy's shoes almost. Because what if he stopped having sex with her after a certain age? Like what if... Because I mean, well he met her when she was 17 and they got married. He met her in 87 and they got married in 90. So she was 20. Mm-hmm. That was still within kind of within his... Because he, he had raped young women who were 19, 20, mm-hmm. up, up until he tried to rape a 22-year-old, but that, they were too big for him. Right. Because I think he tried to rape, like, one or two 21 and 22-year-olds, mm-hmm. and both of them got away each mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't very strong. So, I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe him being, like, a pedophile and a rapist and, a, you know, whatever else he is, I think he maybe lost interest in her because she was getting older. Which most of them do. Right. So, okay, so why do you think she wore, she switched clothes with her sister? I agree with you. I think it was because she was trying to get closer to him by way of Tammy. And I think that's the only reason why she let this shit happen to begin with. Was because she thought that was going to bring them closer. And there's tea behind that. um, Just because (laughs) I think 
many of times, um, especially in these killer couple situations, women are bending over backwards to keep these men mm-hmm. who are torturing and dehumanizing women in front of them. And that's making them feel more important in their life because they're not getting the pain inflicted on them, which is very weird. But and I, as a woman, it's like. Mm. But you know, I think this is like a this is like a side note. Of, this is like a side note, a social commentary side note. I think that we see that in a microcosm in everyday life when mm-hmm. when you in dating, like you see women who kind of get big off the fact that like they're the they're the one girl that a dude um, hasn't mistreated or they haven't seen right. being been mistreated, right. and, and they kind of take pride in that. And it's like it's only a matter of time before, before he you knock your tooth out too. And and that always happens. And so I think there's, I think women have to not put our, we have to, we have to consciously make a decision not to put ourselves in a position where you're finding pride by, um, you're finding pride from some other woman misfortune. Yeah. I think that's very odd. And unfortunately in this case, it resulted in a 15 year old dying. And another thing I had with her death that I didn't like was that the family didn't question any of it. Well, and you know that's a little spooky to me, and I think Carla's whole situation is just it's like ever evolving in my mind. Like when I think about it, because mm-hmm. it's just like she's a sick bitch. Not only that, but it's just like what was going on in that family's house to where y'all was letting she, your daughter's seventeen years old, and you got some twenty three year old boy in your house, and they like they liked Paul, and he was and he was going on family vacations with y'all. He over mm-hmm. your house during Christmas. Mm-hmm. He was basically living there mm-hmm. because I remember reading that he didn't tell them that he had lost his job mm-hmm. during this time. Mm-hmm. And, um, like all that happens and you don't, I just, uh, uh, it was just so much negligence in all this. Yeah. Was, and they, was, and they, they lived with his parents while he was doing a lot of their Scarborough raping. They didn't move out until the third time he got questioned. Then they moved. Mm-hmm. And that's when the new rape started. Mm-hmm. So, it, I, I don't know. It's very weird because there is no way. I mean, I don't know because I don't want to make it a a racial parent thing because I don't know. But, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, because it's, mm, I, mm. I can't say, this is the thing. I don't know. It's I weird. Think, I think that, like, I think there's something to be said about the fact that these types of predatory personalities, whether it been Tammy, Tammy and Paul or Tammy or Paul, mm-hmm. how they're able to kind of like entrance people around them mm-hmm. and how they're able to kind of create a, like a kind of a wall around their victims mm-hmm. and to where it seems like they're protecting someone, really they're preying on them the whole time. Right. And it seemed like they were just being cool older siblings and, you know, siblings-in-laws, but really they were like molesting these girls when they was taking them on trips. It's like you're giving me gifts and stuff, and then I end up dead six months later. That's crazy. And it was said, and this is the last thing, and then we'll move on from Tammy, because um, she was the first of the murders. But it was said that Paul, or Tammy considered Paul like her big brother. So they would always do stuff together, like separately. Mm-hmm. And he would pick her from school, take her shopping, and, hang and, out with her. And he told, like, I remember when I was reading, they said, it was saying, they were saying that he told. Carla that he was in love with her mm-hmm. and like that they made out one day and mm-hmm. that was like the first time that they had ever done anything mm-hmm. and I'm like and Carla was reportedly very upset by that I'm sure she was and I don't think it's because that's my little sister I think it's because it's not me yeah which that, obviously she didn't care if it was her little sister obviously that was not that wasn't 
a big deal. Yeah, so we so we want y'all at home to, if you've read about this story or if you've just heard it for the first time and you want to go read about it, which I suggest everybody do, um, what pull your conclusions together? Why do you think Carla, in the midst of her sister being drugged and raped, decided to change her clothing and participate in the the rape? And then according to a documentary that you can find on YouTube, one of the psychologists was like, he saw the tape and she was very actively raping her sister. I believe it. And when she said that she didn't do anything, she was being forced to. And it was like, the video was like she was actively. And we'll get more into that yeah. once we start talking about the trial. Because there's, there's, that definitely has many layers. Yeah. All in all, Tammy's death is very unfortunate. And her sister didn't, which we'll talk about later too, she didn't really pay for that. And right. it sucks that her family just chalked it up as, oh yeah, she she choked her death off of doing drugs and drinking. Oh, okay. Which is crazy when yeah. they, because it's crazy because they said that there was, and I actually think I saw a picture, if I'm not mistaken, when I was looking for a picture to send you. Yeah, I yeah, think I, I saw, saw you saw is that, okay. Mm-hmm. From the picture I saw, it looked clear as day that that wasn't, yeah, like, her face was all green it was and burnt. puffy. It was, cause, and they said that there was, a, um, well, the picture that I saw was of a young lady who had, um, it looked like the halothane burn marks that they said that she had. Yeah, it was like red right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, that didn't look like someone who just died from throwing up. But we talked about it—the police negligence. I don't know what I don't know what was going on in Canada in the nineties. I really don't. <laughs> I'm for real. Like I don't know what y'all was on up there, but that that must be some good shit. Cause this is like <laughs> y'all was too liberal. Cause there's no way. Yeah, that's that's, and I think I even think y'all too liberal with the fact that this nigga can keep applying for parole for what? Why? Which we'll he... get into later, also. Okay. So okay, so I'll, I'll touch on the first victim, Leslie Mahaffey. She was 14 years old. Her family reported her missing June the 15th of 91. Her body was found on June the 29th of 91, which is actually the same exact day that Paul and Carla got married. So that goes to show you also how detached these two are to the point where they're getting married, celebrating this great monumentous moment yeah, they just buried a 14-year-old girl that they raped and tortured. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, the body was dismembered. It was cut up into pieces. And because she was a frequent runaway, the cops really didn't look into it like that until her body popped up. So, again. Yeah, and um, I also want to add that they said they both blamed each other for this murder. Like, the actual action that killed the person Mm -hmm. they both blame each other um paul says that carla did it once leslie was trying to run away and carla says that paul did it once leslie tried to run away so we still don't know who really did what but what we do know is like Jasmine, they said that her body, it washed up on shore after being dismembered. It was encapsulated in cement mm-hmm. and it washed up on shore um, at Lake Gibson. And it was found, uh, well, it was found because one piece wouldn't sink because it was too heavy. Mm-hmm. And it was found by a son, a son and a father who were fishing that day. And I want to add another fact about um, her death. Prior to them cementing her body pieces, 
the the two murderers spent Father's Day with Carla's dad at their house, and they dismembered. Well, Leslie's body was downstairs in the basement of the same exact house, and they dismembered her body in that same house. So, again, with the I don't know type of parent. Maybe her parents were like really old or something. She could have old parents. Because like, why that are you not seems... that attentive? Well, but I think maybe that plays into why she's a psychopath. Like, yeah. Maybe she's maybe she had negligent, like emotionally negligent parents. And there's like not any reason for you know you to go in the basement. Obviously not, because that's the second time. Like how big was the house? Down. Like, and then again, this just tells you the mind of Carla and Paul. Y'all are celebrating Father's Day with a girl's body in the basement. I don't really think they gave a fuck. Just being all honest. You chopped her body up after you tortured and raped her. You only killed her because she tried to run away because she was tired of being raped and tortured. Right. So you chop her body up. And not only do you chop the body up, you cement it. And right. Then you, like, you went through all these measures to, <laughs> to get rid of a body. That shit's crazy. And then the day her body's washed up, y'all get married. Ladies and gentlemen. Craziness. These are some sick individuals if you ever watched the movie carla which is from carla's perspective and i use air quotes on that she plays the victim in the entire movie and which she's not it's very hard for me to believe that she's a victim because in every single tape she's in every single tape yeah definitely okay zara so who was who was the second or the third oh yeah the final yeah the, the final was... that we know of right that we know of because i'm sure there's more bodies there's always more bodies it has um, to be I, but you know what? Now that we've said that, I don't know if Carla... I do think... Okay, so I think there's more bodies, but I think that he killed them on his own. I don't think there's yeah. any more bodies with Carla. I, I think agree. I think She would have told. She was singing like a canary child. Right. But the last victim was Chris, uh, Kristen French. She was also 15 years old. She was kidnapped on her way home by Carla and uh, Paul after being attacked in a school parking lot. So... Miss Kristen French was on time every day to her house, so her parents called nine one one immediately when she didn't show up. Like they didn't, they didn't spare hesitate. no, they didn't hesitate, they didn't spare no time. And apparently, this was also a planned abduction. So what I'm thinking is one of those murders that he got was a premeditated, so it was like a murder too, like a homicide too, right? Instead of like maybe the other two were a one. Who knows? Yeah, because the records are sealed because Canada, for whatever reason, doesn't want. As people to know. know they want them they want everybody to think that they're super pleasant when i think one of the first serial killers like ever like be, besides uh the homeboy that was in britain like albert fish i think is from quebec canada and he's one of the first serial killers ever he was like a older white dude who he basically kidnapped younger poor black kids and he would like of course rape them and eat them but he was a cannibal yeah, so his name is Albert Fish. That's an interesting, very weird motherfucker. I mean, they got pictures of him. He looks he looks like a serial killer. And he was eating the black kids? He only did this to black kids. So he would kill white kids, but he ate the black No, he only killed, white, only killed black kids. And ate them. Yeah. As we continue with this journey of this podcast, <laughs> we, we will touch on the cannibalistic um, crimes. Because there's a lot of them. It is. It's... It's, it's a more lot. than people think. And there's a lot of necrophiliacs out there. Most serial killers are actually yeah, necrophiliacs. Most. Yeah, most. But, okay, back to Kristen French. Um, they videotaped themselves torturing, raping, raping, and sodomizing her. And they forced her to drink a large amount of alcohol. 
Proc- the, and this, okay, so uh, this is an interesting fact. All along, even even Carla was trying to say that none of these murders were planned. Mm. She was trying to say that they were all impulsive. Even like Paul was being impulsive. None of it was planned. But I the, could believe that a little bit. But the prosecutor's defense, they say, they claim that they had always planned to kill French because of the lack of blindfolding. Because mm. at one point they said that they only killed her because they didn't blindfold her. Right, and when she was abducted, that was in broad daylight. Right, and then so the last, so the last young lady, Leslie. They said that once she tried to get away, her blindfold slipped, and that's why they killed her. Mm. And so, with this case, the prosecutor was just like, well, if that's the case, then y'all always planned on killing Miss French because she never was blindfolded. Right. And once again, they both blame one another for French's murder. Carla says that Bernardo choked her, and Bernardo says that Carla beat her with a rubber mallet when she tried to escape. French was found nude in a dish washed with her hair missing. So that's also another interesting thing that a lot of criminologists and uh, criminal psychologists brought up was they were, everyone was kind of speculating why there was a piece of her hair that was shaved. And they say that it was so people wouldn't recognize who she was, which is stupid because they didn't shave her whole head. They only shaved a piece of it. But, of course, the psychologists and stuff say it's because, like, they wanted to take, like, a totem. Like, they wanted to have a reward or whatever. So, I... Which most serial killers do. Right. But I have a question for you, Zara. Mm-hmm. So, since they both said that it was impulsive, they never planned to kill the girls, they only killed them because they seen their faces, mm-hmm. that leads me to believe that Carla kind of was the one that'd be like, this needs to be handled. Because, mind you, he was wrecking people and he didn't care if they saw their face. Right. And he never went back and killed them. Right. Because every girl could have identified what he possibly looked like. He right. So it makes me think, like, was she the one that's like, okay, she saw her faces, like, she has, like, you have to kill her. Well, that, that's, that, that's, that was his defense from home, the second one, from Leslie. That and was not, his defense. And although he did the heavy lifting, what if he's one of those people where it's like, we think he's crazy, so we don't believe him? I believe, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I believe that. From, from the evidence. What the evidence shows me. The evidence shows me that he started to escalate a lot when they got together. He started to escalate a lot. Which is not a coincidence. Together. That's not a coincidence. Right. That's what the evidence shows. The evidence also shows that he was not videotaping anyone until he got with her. And he had already raped 23 women by then. So the, he was not new to this behavior. He, it just became more sophisticated. It became more sadistic. He was not torturing women before he got with her. And I also find it funny, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but I also find it funny that prior to all, prior to the trial, tapes was not, nobody knew that there was tapes, except the thing of Tammy. Right. But once she got her deal, then all of a sudden, a hundred tapes surfaced. Right. And you're in every single tape, and you can't be charged for anything on those tapes. No, but, but in, in what I found when I was doing my little itty bitty research was that there, there's a disposition that's sealed of Tammy talking, or not Tammy, I apologize, Carla talking and comment, watching and commenting on all the tapes, and it remains closed. And and so there, she a part of her plea bargain was that she had to basically confess and tell everything that happened, but she would not get charged with. Any she's other. not going to get charged with anything that she says if they have not already charged her for it. And at that point, they had only gave her three counts of manslaughter. Which ain't shit. That's and she was nothing. only charged with two. And and I want people to understand that when when okay, so when you get charged with manslaughter, 
The difference, I believe, between manslaughter, murder one, and murder two is manslaughter is supposed to be like... Accidental. Basically. Murder one is supposed to be like a crime of passion. And murder two is when you are premeditated. Mm-hmm. Murder two is capital punishment, which means that, that that you can possibly die from being convicted by murder two, depending on what state that you're in. And mm-hmm. depending on... And federal crimes usually is not what's going to get you killed. It's usually a state crime, because that's a state decision if they kill you or not. Mm-hmm. That's murder two. Mm-hmm. If, if you ask me, if I was a judge... Put her under the jail. Right. The simple fact that, once again, Paul can even fucking ask for probation or parole is asinine it's asinine that every every 15 years they let this nigga get in front of the judge and ask if he can get be free for what and then when you look it up it's like well one of the main reasons why he's not free is because of canada um canada's uh violent criminal act and i'm like okay so if there was no violent criminal act y'all would have let this nigga go walking because of good behavior and I'll talk later about him doing an interview in 2018 and him basically valid, not validating, but trying to justify why he did what he did. Um, and this is a part of his parole hearing. So we'll talk about that later because I found it very interesting how, I mean, don't get me wrong, people can change, but you were doing this for so long. And had you, had you, had you not beat your wife's ass, you would still probably be raping and killing girls. Right, and and no one really knows because he had never, I'm not going to say never, but there wasn't a history of him abusing her physically. Right, and this time he like he beat her ass. She had two black eyes yeah. and broken ribs. And so no one, I, no one really knows why their um, relationship kind of came to that point mm-hmm. where he was assaulting her physically because he had not done that before. Right. Um, and only she would probably know that because, and that's another thing too, is what I found during when I was looking up the trial, even before, and then before we started recording, I realized that there's, they, neither one of them really spoke much about the, like the inter, the interdimensions of their relationship. Like, like their actual relationship. It was no. all right. Right. And so that, what that makes me believe is either they had a relationship that they feel like in whatever sick way is sacred, or there was no relationship outside of whatever was going on. It could be a mixture of both. I, I mean, I could see how it could be both. I mean, I, I think he know he could only do what he was doing if he was with Carla. And I think she think she thinks she could only accept it because it was him. That could be true. That could be true. Um, yeah, but after... So after Miss French, Miss Kristen French, after that, I don't know exactly what date. It was that Kristen French was, um, Kristen French was... Oh, her body? Yeah, her body was Her found. body was found on April the 30th of 1992. April 30th, 1992. 16 miles away from where they found Leslie's body, by the way. And that's another thing, too. I find it very... Okay. Exactly what, a year later after they killed Leslie. What This is what I would compare this to. I can only speak for like in, in the radius of Atlanta just to give you guys, like you listeners and like our guests, supporters, whatever, to give you guys like a, a visual. Mm-hmm. That's like living in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. Ontario is probably smaller than Buckhead maybe, even low-key. Like Ontario is probably the size of Atlanta. Canada is not a big country. So I know that this is not a huge city. Mm-hmm. That's like in Buckhead or in the city of Atlanta. Let's say like at Georgia State University. That's like 23 girls getting fucking raped on campus. 
and nothing n- nothing happens. No one does anything. No one finds the person who does it. It's within a five to ten mile radius and no one knows. And then after y'all question the same person three times and let him go, he kills three girls. Not to mention when he moves to that new town, rapes start happening again in that town or attempted rapes. Right. And this is all within this is like he this is like him moving from Atlanta to Smyrna. So he was he moved from a one part of Scarborough to another part of Scarborough that was like in Toronto. And not to mention when he moved to the new city, the Scarborough rapes stopped. So I, how dumb could the cops be? And they had FBI involved. How dumb could FBI know, be? I don't know how to can it. I don't know what Canadian FBI like because our FBI ain't all that either. But they ain't that fucking dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. Well, then we have to. Then there's a conversation that has to be had about. It's like. Is the police force put in place to actually obstruct justice? And at this point, I believe that that is what it is because it's just like, at the end of the day, sex crimes are very clear cut and direct. They're not as nefarious as I would say a murder crime where you got to try to find all this motive and the evidence is very physical a lot of the times. Or even if it's not physical, you can look at the person who's been abused and you can see their life. You can see the trajectory. You can see the psychological. Like, you can see the PTSD. Like, But, I, okay, so let's talk about that. So why, okay, so this is why I think it doesn't, it's not as important, I would say, to the masses. Because it's women. And I think when we, when we talk about sexual assault of any kind, I think a lot of people are still in that mind frame where it's like somehow or another it had to be the woman's fault. And then a lot of these girls are teenagers. A lot of them were quote unquote runaways. So maybe the cops were like, well, maybe, you know, I don't know. It's very um, misogynistic because it's just like over 24 women were either attempted or actually were raped by one person. Mm-hmm. And there was no arrest. There was a composite photo of this man that looked just like him. There was no arrest. But, and, and I think that's true. But I think that when we like when we say that we we leave a lot of men unaccountable in the sense that like a lot of these men are raping men too. That part. And so it's just like I think what you're saying is a hundred percent true. That part. But I think men since men believe that they become their own worst enemy mm-hmm. because then you get caught off guard. You might get drugged and get raped somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or you might be in the Air Force, and, or not Air Force, or Army, whatever, and get raped mm-hmm. in situations like... Which happens. It happens often. Still and a does. lot of times, men who rape women have been raped by other men. They have not been raped by no woman. And the men that have been raped by women, some. Because I do know a, a guy who was raped by his aunt, and he didn't take it as what most men take it. But most men who were raped by an older woman thinks that that was cool. That's for another conversation for another podcast. But oh, I want to mention this too. What? So in June of 1990, Elizabeth Bain disappeared, and her boyfriend was charged with her murder in 1992. This was a Paul Bernardo murder and kidnapping that he later admitted to. The boyfriend of Elizabeth Bain was released in 2000. And was acquitted in 2008. So he did how much time for something he didn't do? Almost 30 years. And the evidence was literally no physical evidence. It was just a, he was a 
closest person and the last person to see her. So and that's that, why they charge. And, and that's and that's the fucking scary, crazy, funny, actually mad part. Is y'all was so quick to lock up motherfuckers who had nothing to do with nothing. But then you, how do you not? How did you not know that you interviewed Paul Bernardo three times? How did you not know that? Because it was the same police department, bro. And you interviewed him three times, and you had three different accounts of people saying that's him. So I don't get, and so I don't get how you were so quick to throw some dude in jail who don't got no criminal past, ain't never even hit a bitch. The reasoning how this how this went out in court. We'll I don't know. know, but their evidence was <laughs> he was the last person that saw her and the closest person to her at the time of her disappearance. Wow. That just goes to show you again the negligence of the Canadian justice system. I, I Oh wait, here goes something. It says Homolaka and Bernardo were questioned by several were, were questioned by police several times in connection with the Scarborough rapist, Tammy's death and Bernardo's stalking of the other women before the death of French. So right before the third girl got murdered. Still wilding. They questioned him. Every time. And it's, I think he was getting on Jeff. I think he was getting off on people questioning him. Because it seemed like caught. every time he get he got questioned the next day. He rev up. It was like someone died or got raped. And I'm like that's not a coincidence either. Because it was just like the same thing happened right before he murdered Tammy. He got questioned. A month before he murdered Tammy, he got questioned. And then he murdered Tammy. So do you think that kind of helped, that kind of made him escalate also? Absolutely. 150%. And another fact, because the thing with the Kristen French was that her shoe was left behind. So that showed that it was a struggle. There was There was witnesses that saw two people and gave descriptions. But they, somehow or another, they identified the wrong type of car. Which threw the whole thing off. Somehow or another. So the abduction video, the abduction vehicle was wrongly identified by the witnesses. Again, this is in broad daylight in the parking lot of a church. And the Green Ribbon Task Force wasn't created until 1992. He raped his first. He raped his first woman in 87, and he killed his first girl in 90. I'm not understanding how it took y'all. Um, five years to create a task force? Oh, but you want to hear something else? November 17th of 1988, Metropolitan Toronto Police also formed a task force a year later. And nothing got done. No real lead until May of 1990. And nothing got done. Um, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Because what are people paying their taxes for? Nothing. What are, how are you serving and protecting and you don't give a fuck about what's happening in your, in your small neighborhood? It says that in December 1992, the Center of Forensic Sciences finally began testing DNA samples that were provided by Bernardo two years before. It took that long from the process DNA. And then in that same month, that's when he got caught on December 27th, 1992. That's when he got caught beating Carla um, with the flashlight on her head, her limbs, and her face. Uh, and then she claimed that she had been in an automobile accident. It took for her employee, her employers to call her parents to come and physically remove her from his home. Yeah, because she didn't want to leave him. And then, and, then that's when she, and that's when she went back and she was forensically searching for something, quote unquote. I think it was the tapes. Right, which, the talk, remember I told y'all, 
In the first episode, it was over 100 tapes that was found. It took the task force 71 days to search their house to top to bottom. The 100 tapes weren't even of the schoolgirl murders. The schoolgirl murder tapes weren't found until May of 1993. And they was found in a small attic space. Because Carla waited to after her deal went through and she got her time before she told him where the, the schoolgirl tapes were. And that was allowed in court. And then, okay, so basically what happened was there was a hit, a hit that came back on one of his DNA results. Mm-hmm. And then they put him under 24-hour surveillance. On, around that same time, they interviewed Carla and then... Instead of her, at that point, instead of her coming out and just plain snitching, she just decided to focus on the fact that he was abusing her and that she was a battered uh, spouse. To make her case strong. I was going to say, I think she was setting up her case then because mm-hmm. she already saw the writing on the fucking because, wall. Because can you blame her though? No. Because I don't need that. Think about it. I'm a white woman. I'm a blind. I'm attractive. Like, I beat the fuck up. They're not going to think I could do something like that. Mm-mm. And I couldn't kill my own sister. I couldn't do that. She, I, she played her position very well. She did. And her, her attorneys did their fucking thing because she got the deal of a fucking lifetime. And then later that night is when, so February 9th, that's the night that she told um, her aunt and her uncle who her parents sent her to live with after all this stuff happened that uh, Paul was a Scarborough rapist. And... Um, what else did she say? And then that, oh, and that's also when she told them that he was involved in the rapes and the deaths of Mahaffey and French and that they had recorded the rapes on videotape. Uh, the, the NRP reopened his investigation of Tammy Homolaka's death and two days later, Homolaka met with Niagara Falls lawyer and that's when she sought the illegal immunity and that's when they decided to seal her, uh, Mm -hmm. And Canadian residents were very upset by that. And they protested outside of the court during the trial because nobody knew what they were being charged for. They wouldn't talk about it in detail. And so apparently, apparently Canada's, um, their legal system is a little bit different than ours. A lot of different. Yeah, they have like a crown criminal, like they have a lot of different. Well, that's because, you know, the, they're basically the French and really English. Okay. But yeah, they have they have a different system. Like parliament, based yeah, system. basically. But so, and this is another thing I don't fucking like. So the director of the law office and the judge. So everyone saw these tapes before. They saw them before they charged Carla. Yes, because when they saw after they saw the tapes, or or after after her lawyer. And, like, I guess the lawyer and the DA saw the tapes. They told, basically, they told her personal lawyer, like, full immunity is not a possibility. Hmm. So, if y'all, knew, if y'all knew that she was involved enough for full, immunity, for full um, uh, immunity not be a possibility, why did, I, I'm confused. How can a criminal negotiate a deal when there's evidence that shows that you weren't being forced in the videos? And a part of me wished that we knew the details of, of what they were actually doing and with what. Because Carl doesn't have a penis. So what was she sodomizing the girls with? Ain't no telling. Ain't no fucking telling. And I think that's why the Canadian residents were so pissed because they're like, they don't, nobody, even if you Google it, it's very hard to find specifics. 
Oh yeah, because they put a they put a a public a publication ban on the case. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it was America who first broke the case on the news. Before that, they were not really talking about this case in Canada at all. And and then at, somehow, if you went once you look up this case and you read about the publication ban, it'll explain it a little bit better than I can because I'm paraphrasing right now. But somehow, there's a loophole in the law that once like America started talking about it, Canadian media could report on what America was reporting on. Like, they couldn't report on it directly. I mean, that makes sense. Because think yeah. about it. If, if I have a law where it's like, I can't talk about it. But you talking about it. But if you talk about it. I can talk about what you talking about. That part. Right. And so that's which is, kind which of. Which is shady. But that's what happened. And so, like, Canada, Canada only knows what America knew. That's shady. And America like that. got a leak from somebody. I forget who they got. A leak from Austria or somewhere. Because it was America and Australia who were the two countries that actually, like, talked mm-hmm. about it. I think Australia was the one first. So, okay, so y'all want to hear something else that's going to make y'all mad? So, let's kind of go back into the timeline before they actually got caught. So, they had another victim. She was not a murder victim, but she was one of the rape victims. They, she goes by Jane Doe, and she was the wedding present. If you look up Jane Doe with their names, she's going to be called the wedding present. Carla, right after their marriage, which, again, I think he married her thinking, like, she was a virgin and... She got this pretty controlling girl because right after they got married, um, he went out with his boys to Florida or something. He mm-hmm. had sex with another girl. Mm-hmm. And he told Carl, again, let you know what type of time he was on. Right. And Carl's attempt, she thought she was losing her husband because he cheated on her and they just got married. And mm-hmm. he's already a rapist. <laughs> she befriends this teenage girl. Nobody knows her age. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This is Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. She befriends she befriends this teenage girl. She invites her over for a girl's night, aka I'm gonna drug you and let my husband rape you. So she brings her home, gets her high. Well not gets her high, but she drugs her. And the couple are filmed raping her, both together, while she's unconscious. That's their MO. And this was a thing that they did all the time. This this was their personal like little sex toy. And she would always be so drunk that she would just wake up and just think it had a girl's night. And she was friends with them. She was at their wedding. And supposedly she was friends with them all up until the trial started. Until, like, everything came out in the open. So that's why she considered the Jane Doe. Wow. And this happened in 1991. Wow. And, you know, if there's anything that anybody could take home from any of this shit, bro... Don't make gender, race, or or any of that shit a um, unifying factor. Yeah, cause get to know people in their spirit for real. Because she was not that much older than a lot of these girls. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. the time that this was happening, she was they were, twenty. Yeah, she's and like they a couple was, years older. She, than they was twenty, and she she or she was twenty, and they was sixteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's not that big of a difference. You would mm-hmm. think that a twenty year old girl would be able to see herself in a fifteen year old. Yeah, so imagine you know, oh, I'm gonna bring this little fifteen year old, like get to know her, be her big sister. You come over my house, you don't remember what happened. You just remember waking up and it was girls' night. Lo, do you know you've been raped and we've been recording it? I, bro, look, there's some bitches in Atlanta like Carla. So, I, 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 look, I, 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 I believe it wholeheartedly. I think that, like, be weary, be a weary spirit and really, like, just. And women, look out for other women. That I'm, I mean, I'm 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 sorry. You know, we almost had having 15 minutes left, so yeah, that that's we a good wrap time. It up. Dang. But women, stand up for women. 
the male cent bro, I'm telling you, being male center is like a detriment. Uh, it's a detriment to you and to everyone around you, every woman in your radius, because you're gonna be putting all so many women in danger just so you can please and and appeal to a man, and it's not ever gonna work out in your favor. You're always gonna end up like Carla, except instead of a 12 year sentence, it's gonna be a lifetime sentence with some baby or bills or debt that you can't get rid of. Cause Carla, when when she knew when he came to her and told her. I'm a Scarborough rapist. And he would do it so casually. Like, he'll just go out and be out all night. He'll come home. Oh, babe, where were you been at all day? Oh, I raped a couple girls. It was like, they were on that type of time. They were. And not once did she think to call the cops or tell anybody. And I, to be honest with you, I, I really don't think that... Well, you know, as manipulative and maniacal as she is, this could have all been a part of her plan. Like, the her him beating her up. And, mm-hmm. I believe uh, it. I, that's what I'm thinking Because now. how do you go through your whole... Not doing... not Never getting beat up to now he beat you up. And you never told him. You never said anything. But as soon as you get locked up and you're going to face charges too, now you're squealing. But before she even got locked up, she just... She told... Like, when she just got beat up, she told her aunt and her uncle. I mean, they did question her, but... That same night, they was going. They were. I don't think they was really thinking about her, but she right. just fessed up because I think she was already like planning her escape. And the fact that this bitch only got twelve years, bro. Oh yeah, you was... killed your own fucking sister. Yeah. So <laughs> she was arrested in ninety three. She was sentenced to twelve years. She is now out by a different name. You can look it up yourself. I don't want to give her name out, but she is out, married with three children. Um, still lives in Canada, I believe. She was charged with two counts of manslaughter. Paul was arrested on February the 17th of 93 for Leslie's and Kristen's deaths and rapes. Um, he would, he pled guilty to nine charges, which is crazy as hell to me because you know you and did it. And we can't find what the nine charges yeah, are. But we all, can only all, assume it's three yeah. counts of murder, two, and... Mm-hmm. and well, um, not three because neither one of them got charged for Tammy. I thought they reopened. So even if they, even though they reopened it, nobody got charged. Because it was ruled as an accident. Wow. But what we assume is two counts of murder, numerous accounts of rape, torture, and sexual assault. And he's been sentenced to life. He currently is at Millhaven Institution. Um, just a little stats on his um, behavior. He killed three to four women that we know of, which is Tammy, Leslie, and Kristen. He had 13 plus rapes that have been confirmed. Pretty sure he raped more than that. And there were six attempted rapes. And that's when they moved. Which are probably the older women also. So September the 1st of 1995, he was convicted of those nine charges. Again, the records are sealed for him and Carl. So we cannot see specifically what they were charged with. But one can assume. And and we didn't talk about Carla's upbringing because we don't even really have enough yeah, she really didn't time have... to go into like mm-hmm. more of well, I guess we can leave off on her psychology yeah, and, and then, then we'll... we can go back in more into the next episode mm-hmm. but from what I found through her her name is Carla Homolaka she was born May 4th 1970 to Dorothy and Carol Homolaka she's the oldest of three siblings she was said to be well adjusted pretty and intelligent she had a fondness for animals and I put an asterisk beside that and I mean, I think maybe that fondness was what was on the outside, but ain't no telling if she was killing and, and torturing animals. She had to have been. Because you know, I don't know. That's like, that, I give this another equivalent, like another real, like real life equivalent that people can understand. 
Serial killers are just like drug addicts in the sense that you work your way up to heroin. Mm-hmm. It is very few drug addicts who woke up one day and oh, tried heroin. Yeah, if you work, you start off on smoking weed or doing perks, and then perks are not enough, so you do heroin, or maybe even before you do a heroin, you do something else. Mm-hmm. You don't just wake up one day and say you're gonna go kill someone. You eat. You start off with insects, and then animals, and then little children, and then youths, and then you might work your way up. And into I just adults. find it interesting. Again, me having these takes are not to in any way justify what Paul did in any way. But I think it was fifty fifty. I think he did the heavy lifting because he's the man. But yes, I think she was the brains behind absolutely the operation because absolutely. not you haven't even been working with the veterinarian a year yet. And you already giving this nigga fucking drugs to use on bitches that he didn't ask for because he been he been he been raping and just leaving. He he was bro he was, he was a ra- professional. Bef- but the th- and I think but the thing is though is it's no coincidence that they met the first year he started raping women, mm-hmm. and he never stopped. Mm-hmm. He never stopped, and apparently he was very open with mm-hmm. he was very open with her about who he was, mm-hmm. and she was open, and she was only seventeen. Mm-hmm. So what that says to me is you was on that type of time. Before you met Paul. Didn't care what he did as long as you had him. So therefore you had your job that you probably got on purpose. Stole drugs from it. And I don't see how she didn't get charged for that. Because isn't that federal crime stealing and stuff like that? They, to be honest. The ball was dropped so many times. I I don't know what, like, I I have a lot of theories about this. But this this is not appropriate for this podcast. Right. (laughs) We probably have to, like, I have to have an afterthought. Like, drill button in them. Have, like, a. We can have an afterthought. Right. Um. But I just feel like the negligence borderlines on conspiracy mm-hmm. in this situation. When it comes to this case, like, and and not with just with this case, but even with a lot of these psychologically twisty-turny cases, the negligence sometimes borders on conspiracy in the sense that it's like, there is no one who has even been trained a little bit when make some of these mistakes. Because mm-hmm. if these are things, if these are dots that we're putting together, we ain't never been on the police force. We ain't never been around a murderer, a rapist, or a serial killer. I'm confused as to someone who deals with this stuff every day. How was this on the violent crime, sexual crimes desk for two and a half years and nothing got done? When you deal with violent crimes and sexual crimes every day, does that mean y'all are not solving anything? And it's not that it was one or two. This was a serial rapist case. And I don't think, and I think we're going to talk, we're def, I'm definitely going to talk more about this on the next episode, but I, I think that we have to start taking serial rapists serious. We do. Because And it hasn't, ra- it hasn't. Rape period is not taken seriously. And if, again, if you look up the UCR, a lot of the rapes that are reported it's not it, it's not that big of a number but think about it how many people do you know that hasn't that didn't go to the police most right. people that are raped or sexually assaulted don't go to the police and that's, because of shit like this nothing's gonna happen and that's my thing is i feel like i just think that until we start taking that seriously we're gonna continue to see this um murmur of violence that just gets louder and louder so what what steps do you think needs to be taken for people to take it seriously Or what steps can we as citizens do, if any? I mean, really, to be honest with you, it's like the same thing with as that Don't Fuck With Cats documentary. Like, the Mm. same way that we're vigilant about animals, like, how those people all got together to be vigilant about some little kittens that died. You know, no shade, but... 
They're animals. Oh. If we had that same type of energy towards when little girls went missing, you don't understand how many people we could eventually get off the streets. And even a matter of, like, you know, maybe doing what uh, Kristen French parents did. Call 911 immediately. Know your kid's schedule. Know your daughter's schedule. Even if you got a grown-ass sister, know your sister's schedule. And beyond, like, believing victims and all that stuff, understand that it, just because it's not you now don't mean it won't be you at 50 and at 60. Can't be. And these yeah. And these serial rapists, they, they will rape anybody. Mm-hmm. He just so happened to have the serial killer, the sociopathy, antisocial gene that mm-hmm. pushed him towards killing women. But serial rapists usually don't have a type. They're raping anybody they can get their hands on because it's an impulse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most serial rapists turn into serial killers mm-hmm. because they have to be. Because mm-hmm. you might have one or two girls who get away who you're not going to want to get away because they got that fighting spirit. I just... What made me... I'm going to be honest. I'm more mad at Carla. Why? Because as a woman... And, I, and I'm not going to say I expect men to behave like this, but... It's... It's more, it's harder to, it's easier to swallow when you hear about men doing this. But when you hear women are right on the side of these men, like like the like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, his wife was on her, was on was on some demon time also, and she got no charges. That Epstein stuff on Netflix, watch that also because that's again a woman playing a very big role. In the demise of other young girls, and oh girl, oh and, girl, and I and I don't understand why women are not held to the flames in these cases, like men. Like, yeah, men are actually doing the heavy lifting, but these women are the brains behind the operation. And to me, that's more dangerous because she can do that to anybody. She can have any man doing this, and then for her to be out here free, able to change her name, have three kids, and one day her her kids are gonna know who their mama really is. And I hate the day that that happens. Because they're at least one of her kids are gonna be like, I can't fuck with you no more. Cause e- anybody looking at this story, cause again, if you watch the movie Carla, it makes it look like she was a victim and you know he basically ran the show. But if you look at the actual evidence and watch the documentaries, she was just as sick as him. And while raping people prior to killing them was fucked up, he would rape them and leave. She, now all of a sudden he tortures them, he records them. He's choking him to death. He he like extra violent once he get with her. To the point where they both are getting turned on by them dismantling a whole nother person's humanity. Girl, this whole uh, the whole that whole this this whole killer couple thing is rocking my world, bitch. Cause it's always the woman who got like a really big part in it. It's very rare the men are just running the show. Cause I don't think men think that deeply in the thing. They no. don't. Right. They don't. It's because especially with the way the patriarchy is set up, the way misogyny is set up, they don't have to think hard about yeah, because the they got women like this. Ding. Right, and and then with that, <laughs> so I, we got we got we didn't even get into the psychology and stuff, but that'll be next week. Yeah. So what we'll talk about what we'll talk about next week is the nature versus nurture debate. Um, we'll talk about the evolution of a serial rapist. Um, the connections, the just really, if you went to like psychological crime and just things of that nature, that's what we're going to be touching on. We're also going to talk about the escalation of violence 
And I'm going to read you guys a little bit of the article by the National Post in October of 2018 where Paul was interviewed about his killings and he basically said why he did them. And it's very interesting and it goes into psychology. So we'll get into that next episode for sure. We'll also get into Carla's psychology, which again will spark a lot of theories. So Zara, we got five minutes left. What do you want to leave the people with? Child, Twitter in the muck. <laughs> no, but um <laughs> I wanna leave the people with I want to leave specifically women with this. Like, really check yourself. Please. And, and not, not even on no, like, trying to be funny shit. Yeah. But check yourself because a lot of y'all got the self-esteem of roaches. And you end up in situations like this. and But not even on a, a macro, but on a micro. Like, where you end up in a situation where you're being um, complicit while you're dating a man who you know abusive or you're being consistently abusive right or you're being complicit with your homeboy or your ex-boyfriend or your boyfriend a nigga you talking to you know who is sexually assaulting or abusing or harassing women this is like what carla is doing a lot of us have done on a on a micro level and we've done it because we like men or we like these niggas and we want to be liked by yeah being male-centered will be the death of you bitches and that's what I'm going to leave on. Yeah, and my sentiments exactly. I don't, maybe, I'm I'm not the type of woman, and I always try to defend women at any chance I get. I'm always looking out for women any chance I get. If, if, if I have to, you know, if we have to start a kill your local rapist movement because men don't want to do it, then that's something we're going to have to do. But I, as women, we have to tighten up. Like, like Zara said, being male-centered is not going to get you nowhere in life except being a slave. And still being complacent. And I pray that Carla's new family, her kids and her husband are very normal and nothing like her. Because to know that that's your mother has to be hard. And to her neighbor, if they ever found out who she really is, you're going to jail. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.